This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey guys, Lane with the Simple Passive Casual Podcast. I like to apologize that I've been away from the podcast world of late. I've been pretty busy moving homes. I am selling my primary residence in Seattle and I'm going to start renting. And I know a lot of people think that's dumb, but I think it's not very smart to be a homeowner, especially on the West Coast or Seattle or the East Coast markets where the rental value ratios aren't as good as the Midwest markets. In fact, I'd probably be willing to say that if your rental value ratio is lower than a 0.7 or 0.6, you probably are better off renting. Now, I know there's a lot of counter arguments, like if you have kids and you don't want to be moving at the whim of the landlord. But think about it. In Seattle, for example, or California, to buy a halfway decent house costs about $600,000. A down payment on that is going to be at least $100,000 to $120,000. That alone, $120,000 in your pocket to go after real estate. I mean, you can buy four cash flowing rentals that will be returning $8,000 to $8,000 a month in cash flow alone. Not to mention the mortgage pay down, tax breaks, and any sort of appreciation you do get, even though I always say that's icing on top of the cake. But even if you didn't get that cash flow, think about it in terms of rent. I mean, for $2,500 or $3,000 of rent, you can control pretty much a million dollar primary residence or a million dollar property. This is what I always say. Do the math yourself and think for yourself and don't just buy into this dogma of, oh, homeownership's like what everybody should be doing. Do what makes sense for you. Speaking of dogma and what we're told to believe, I grabbed Money Magazine and I got this article called Plug Your Money Leaks. And there's all these seemingly interesting ways to save money. I'll read off a few of these. Here's one. Rethink the fancy gym. The average gym membership is $58 a month. In bigger cities, it can be more north of $100. So they're saying to not pay money for a fancy gym, but I think that's really dumb because, I mean, I pay $150, $200 a month for my gym membership. And to be healthy, I mean, isn't that the most important thing in life? I mean, if you're more healthy, you're more productive, and you have a lot less health issues as you grow older, and health is your number one expense growing up. Here's some advice from the Facebook. This person says, Gift giving, emergency home repairs, and eating out. I had to get honest with myself about how much I was spending. They're all part of the budget spreadsheet right now. I don't really agree with keeping a budget these days. I I always think that you should put your money to your investments first. Like if your goal is to buy one turnkey home or two homes a year, buy that and then spend the rest. I mean, that's the easiest budget ever. Uh, This other person said, stop eating out. That's really weird advice. Stop eating out. That's simple. The snack and soda machines at work are all unnecessary urges to indulge. Last month, I saved $260. I know because that's what I invested in my new brokerage account. Well, David... If you're getting a paltry 5 to 10% in those stock markets or mutual funds, maybe you should worry about not getting that soda middle of the day. This other person says, I call my satellite TV provider to tell them that the other satellite company made me get a great offer. Boom, I get a free HBO for three months. Well, I don't watch TV, and I think that if you're watching too much TV, you should be spending your more time more money on other things. 
Now, what's the point that we're reading all these things? I just wanted to bring up something that I've been thinking of the last six months to a year. I read this one book called The Millionaire Next Door, and it's all about how most people who are millionaires are pretty frugal. They drive Toyotas, they're teachers or engineers, and they're just very frugal. But the problem with that is that they, they're so much into this delayed gratification, you know, not going out to eat, wearing cheap, ugly clothes, and they're all about spending less, living a smaller lifestyle, and in hopes to be able to be financially free. I know I've mentioned how I don't believe in the latte factor for a couple of reasons. One, that coffee, that jolt of caffeine really gets you going and really helps you study this real estate stuff and improves your productivity. Growing up, we always were raised on this being frugal mindset. And I think it's good in the beginning, but at some point you need to change your mindset into thinking bigger, thinking not how I can save money, but how I can make more money. How can I increase my income? How can I increase my investments? And that's more of a empowering mindset than a disempowering mindset than of how much money can we save? How much can we cut? How much less can we live with? And to wrap up today's rambling show, I wanted to also point out that talked to my mom and she said that she didn't really understand what was being talked on this podcast and that I shouldn't be telling people not to do the stock market and stuff like that. I think a lot of people have people like this in their lives, in their peer groups. And we all know that their peer group is so important to you. You are the five people that you hang out with most or you're the average of those five people. And, you know, we all talk about our real estate investments and a lot of people don't really understand it. And they say, oh, you know, you're going to get people who don't pay or who people who screw up your your place. But have those people ever owned real estate before? Have they ever managed it in a sophisticated way with property management? Or are they just doing it themselves? Are they a landlord or are they an investor? I really urge each and every one of you to analyze the people you keep in contact with. Because not only are these five people the people you're going to become, but... If you think about it, the people that you keep in contact with will be the end of you. I'll post a YouTube video that illustrates this point. It's a commercial of, I think, five Eskimos, and they're going out at the cliffs. In I think they live in Antarctica where nothing grows. So the, the only thing that they can get to get food is these birds that lay the eggs on the side of the cliff. So what these five Eskimos have to do is they have to get this rope, and they lower the one guy down the ledge, and the other four guys hold on to the rope. This really illustrates the point that you want the other four people to be holding on to the rope. Basically, you know, they're your lifeline. They're very important to you. And this is the way I think you need to think about your peer group that you keep. If the people that you are in close contact with, you're always being negative and saying, oh, you don't want to do that. It's dangerous. It's risky. I think that you really need to rethink that. You need to find people who are challenging you and being aligned with the direction you want to go people are always on different trajectories and you may meet people in different times that are not aligned with your trajectory before i go um also check the website i uploaded the speech that i did on the four ways you make money explaining why you get 25 to 35 percent total returns on your initial investment and if you guys haven't please review the podcast on itunes it really helps i always make it a point every day to add value to somebody in in some way that i can and that's a way you can add value to me to show your appreciation for the podcast 
And another way you can add value is by telling one of your friends that about the podcast. I guess we'll see you guys next week. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.